Welcome to the General Counsel Podcast, where today I'll meditate on several of my blogs about my pilgrimage to the Promised Land in early 2023, about eight months before the massacre on October 7th, 2023 by Hamas and the ensuing war by Israel against Hamas. My name is Tim Harner. I am a Christian author and apologist a graduate of Houghton College and of Harvard Law School, where I was an editor of the Harvard Law Review. I post my latest thoughts regularly on my website, timharner.com. For this podcast, please reflect on the questions, why would you like to go on a pilgrimage to the promised land? Which places where Jesus stayed would you like to see and experience? Do you look for good things to say about people? churches, nations, and religions? Or do you look for bad things to say about people, churches, nations, and religions? When and why did Jesus weep? When and why do you weep? And now, let's pray that the Lord will let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in the sight of the Lord our God, who is our strength and our Redeemer. Come and see the Promised Land, where Jesus stayed. Pilgrimage to the Promised Land is a perfect opportunity to come and see where Jesus stayed. A perfect opportunity to experience for the first time, or for the thousandth time, that Jesus is the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. The Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One the Chosen One who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. In early 2023, I went on my second pilgrimage to the Promised Land. My first pilgrimage was about 10 years before that. I urge everyone to make this pilgrimage at least once in their life. The words that come to my mind are, Come and see. These words appear again and again in scriptures. For example, At the beginning of the public ministry of Jesus, John the Baptist saw Jesus passing by and said, Look, the Lamb of God. When two of the disciples of John the Baptist heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, Jesus replied, and you will see. What was the result of coming and seeing where Jesus was staying? After staying with Jesus for the afternoon, Andrew, the brother of Peter, found him and told him, We have found the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Chosen One. Have you heard good things about Jesus? Nevertheless, you still need to come and see for yourself where he is staying. For example, Andrew had heard John the Baptist describe Jesus in glowing terms. He said that Jesus was the Lamb of God. The day before, John the Baptist had been teaching about the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testify that this is God's chosen one. Nevertheless, Andrew still needed to come and see for himself 
where Jesus was staying. Andrew still needed to spend an afternoon staying with Jesus. A pilgrimage is a perfect opportunity to come and see where Jesus stayed. A perfect opportunity to experience for the first time or for the thousandth time that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Chosen One who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. During our pilgrimage, we saw again and again where Jesus stayed. Where Jesus was born in Bethlehem, a birth heralded by angels as good news of great joy to all people because a Savior had been born to us, the Messiah, bringing peace on earth. Where Jesus grew up in Nazareth, growing and becoming strong, filled with wisdom and the grace of God. Where Jesus preached in the synagogue at Nazareth, declaring, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Where Jesus preached his Sermon on the Mount, teaching us how to light the world with good deeds to glorify our Father in heaven, fulfilling the law of Moses and the prophets. Where Jesus reassured messengers from John the Baptist that Jesus indeed is the Lamb of God, the Chosen One. What reassured John the Baptist? People who came and stayed with Jesus could see and hear that the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Come and see the promised land, Jesus of Nazareth. It's easy to be like Nathaniel when he first heard about Jesus. Instead of looking for reasons to follow Jesus, we're eager to find reasons not to follow Jesus. For example, Nathaniel found fault with Jesus because he came from Nazareth. Nowadays, many people refuse to follow Jesus because they doubt that anything good can come from churches. But even if we find fault with Nazareth, even if we find fault with churches, we still need to come and see Jesus. When we do, we'll want to follow Jesus. In early 2023, I went on my second pilgrimage to the Promised Land. My first pilgrimage was about 10 years before that. I urge everyone to make this pilgrimage at least once in their life. The words that come to my mind are, Come and see. These words appear again and again in the scriptures. For example, Philip was one of the earliest followers of Jesus. He went to a man named Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. In reply, Nathanael did not say anything about the good news that Jesus is the one of whom Moses and the prophets wrote. Instead, Nathanael looked for something bad to say about Jesus. Nazareth? 
Can anything good come from there? he asked. Come and see, said Philip. Nathanael came and saw Jesus. After talking with him, Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. It's easy to be like Nathanael when he first heard about Jesus. Instead of looking for reasons to follow Jesus, we're eager to find reasons not to follow Jesus. For example, Nathanael found fault with Jesus because he came from Nazareth. We don't know all the reasons why Nathanael doubted that anything good could come from Nazareth. Nowadays, many people refuse to follow Jesus because they doubt that anything good can come from churches. Indeed, they look for reasons to find fault with churches. The faults they find in churches vary. Some find fault with what churches teach about lifestyles, politics, or money. Some find fault with what churches teach about doctrines or the Bible. Some find fault with how churches fail to hold clergy accountable for sexual misconduct. But even if we find fault with Nazareth, even if we find fault with churches, we still need to come and see Jesus. When we do, we'll want to follow Jesus, as Philip did. We'll want to declare, as Philip did, that Jesus is the Messiah, the one about whom Moses wrote in the law, and the one about whom the prophets wrote. We'll want to go on a figurative or literal pilgrimage to the Promised Land, to come and see places where Jesus showed that something good had indeed come from Nazareth. For example, Jesus showed the Samaritan woman at the well that good could come from him even though he was a Jew. Like so many people who reflexively reject Jesus by complaining about what churches do or don't do, the Samaritan woman started debating with Jesus over a dispute between Samaritans and Jews that had lasted for centuries. She said, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. Jesus refused to let her evade the key question. The key question wasn't whether she should worship on Mount Gerizim, where the temple for Samaritans was located, or worship on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, where the temple for Jews was located. Doctrines matter, and so Jesus briefly affirmed that salvation was from the Jews, not from the Samaritans. But he avoided getting distracted by this ancient dispute about where the temple should be located. Instead, Jesus explained to her, A time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Instead, a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. By coming and seeing Jesus, the Samaritan woman came to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, called Christ. And by coming and seeing Jesus, other Samaritans from her town came to believe that Jesus really is the Savior of the world. Compared to coming to see that Jesus is the Savior of the world, 
All other disagreements are trivial pursuits. Who cares which place you worship, as long as you are in truth worshiping in the Spirit who creates love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Who cares which place you worship? As long as you are worshiping the one Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. During our pilgrimage, we visited Mount Gerizim, the site of the ancient Samaritan temple. It sits atop a high place with a beautiful view of surrounding mountains. On the day we were there in January, an icy wind froze us. I didn't complete the tour of the ancient Samaritan temple on Mount Gerizim. Instead, I joined those whose spirit was willing, but whose flesh was frozen. We waited in the souvenir shop, guzzling hot coffee. Similarly, I hope there are things that you find beautiful about the church or other faith community where you are active. Regardless of whether you find beauty or an icy wind, The key question is whether you are worshiping the Father, in the Spirit and in truth. Do you worship where the Spirit is a mighty wind, a flaming tongue of fire that warms your heart and lights the world? Or do you worship where the Spirit is an icy wind that freezes your love and the love of others? As Jesus himself warned, the time is coming when, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. So, make sure you keep your love warm by worshiping in a warm place where you're drinking hot coffee. Make sure you keep your love warm by worshiping in the Spirit and in truth. Make sure you keep your love warm by coming and seeing Jesus. Make sure you keep your love warm by talking with Jesus. Make sure you come and see and talk and stay with Jesus until you come to know that Jesus is the Messiah, the Anointed One, who embodies the Spirit of the One Lord God. Come and see the Promised Land, Jesus weeping. Jesus wept at the tomb of his good friend Lazarus and at the destruction of Jerusalem and its temple that Jesus foresaw. In early 2023, I went on my second pilgrimage to the Promised Land. My first pilgrimage was about 10 years before that. I urge everyone to make this pilgrimage at least once in their life. The words that come to my mind are, Come and see. These words appear again and again in the scriptures. Sometimes, early believers, such as Andrew and Nathaniel, came and saw Jesus. See my blogs, Come and See the Promised Land, Where Jesus Stayed, and Come and See the Promised Land, Jesus of Nazareth, that I've read in this same podcast. And sometimes, Jesus came and saw people. Sometimes, the result of Jesus coming and seeing someone was good. For example, Jesus was a good friend of the siblings Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. He often stayed at their house outside Jerusalem, around the Mount of Olives. 
Lazarus died. Jesus arrived a few days afterwards. He comforted Mary and Martha. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus came out of his tomb. Is there a part of your life that is dead? Jesus will come and see. He will weep. He will bring that part of your life back to life. Why? Because Jesus is the good shepherd who comes to see us so that we can have life and have it to the full. Unfortunately, people don't always live happily ever after when Jesus comes to see them. Why? People don't always want to be good friends of Jesus. People don't always joyfully praise God for all the miracles they've seen in their lives and in our world. People don't always say, Blessed is Jesus who comes in the name of the Lord. People don't always say, Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. On the first Palm Sunday, a crowd of disciples joyfully praised Jesus in these ways when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives. What kinds of miracles were they praising Jesus for? The kinds of miracles, literal and figurative, that Jesus pointed to as proof that he was the Messiah. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. These miracles by Jesus parallel the passages about the Messiah by Isaiah that Jesus said he fulfilled when he preached at his hometown synagogue in Nazareth. In response, the hometown crowd found fault with Jesus. Indeed, they even tried to kill him by throwing him off the cliff. On Palm Sunday, some people, the Pharisees, were finding fault with Jesus as he began riding a colt down the steep side, almost a cliff, of the Mount of Olives that overlooks Jerusalem. The view from that side of the Mount of Olives is the famous site of the Temple Mount and the Golden Dome of the Rock. Countless people, including our group of pilgrims, have their picture taken with this view of Jerusalem, the Temple Mount, and the Dome of the Rock in the background. As Jesus rode a colt to Jerusalem, there wasn't a dome of the rock on the Temple Mount. Instead, Jesus saw the stunning Second Jewish Temple. Construction of this replacement for Solomon's Temple began when some of the Jews returned from the Babylonian exile. This was about 500 years before Jesus was born. Herod the Great, who ruled when Jesus was born and who met with the wise men who were seeking the baby Jesus, spent decades vastly increasing the size and magnificence of the second temple. This was about the only good thing this wicked, paranoid king ever did. During our pilgrimage, we walked along a road that went down the Mount of Olives. We don't know exactly where Jesus rode down the Mount of Olives on his way to the temple on Palm Sunday, 
but I can definitely say that the way down the Mount of Olives is very steep. It's an example of how a pilgrimage to the promised land helps bring Bible stories to life, makes them more real. One of those Bible stories is about Nathaniel. He became one of the first to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. But before that, Nathaniel's first reaction was to find fault with Jesus. When he heard that Jesus was from Nazareth, Nathaniel scoffed. Nazareth? Can any good thing come from there? This Bible story is described in my blog, Come and See the Promised Land, Jesus of Nazareth, that is included in this podcast. Some people find fault both with Jesus and with people who praise Jesus. On that first Palm Sunday, a whole crowd of people began joyfully to praise God in loud voices. But some people, the Pharisees, scoffed. They said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. During our pilgrimage, we saw multitudes of stones everywhere in the promised land, including on the Mount of Olives. As I stumbled over stone after stone, the various statements that Jesus made about stones made more sense to me than they ever did before. Whether Jesus was talking about stones that make us stumble, or about stones that cry out to praise Jesus. It's another example of how a pilgrimage to the promised land helps bring Bible stories to life, makes them more real. Another such example came as we sat quietly and respectfully in a church overlooking Jerusalem and its church at the Holy Sepulchre where the crucifixion burial, and resurrection of Jesus took place. It is a Roman Catholic church called Dominus Flevit, the Lord Wept, located halfway down the Mount of Olives. The church was designed by the famous Italian architect Antonio Barlici. The church is shaped like a teardrop. Behind the altar is a large window through which we meditated about Jesus weeping as he overlooked the Temple Mount and all of Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday. As described in the Gospel of Luke, as Jesus approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. Jesus said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Instead of finding peace, Jerusalem would find destruction. In a description reminiscent of the destruction of the first temple and of Jerusalem by the Babylonians almost 600 years before, Jesus foresaw the destruction of this second temple and of Jerusalem by the Romans, an event that literally happened 40 years later when the Romans defeated the great revolt of the Jews around 70 AD. Jesus warned, The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. 
They will not leave one stone on another, because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. We need to recognize the times in our lives when God comes to us, the times when Jesus comes to see us. We need to be good friends of Jesus, just as Lazarus, Mary, and Martha were. Then Jesus will call us forth from whatever tombs darken our days. Then Jesus will come and give us lives that we enjoy fully. When Jesus comes to see you, don't look for faults. Welcome him. Praise him. Don't look for faults in Jesus. And don't look for faults in people who praise Jesus. Don't be a scoffer. Don't choose the broad path that leads to destruction. Choose the narrow, steep path that leads to life. Be a good friend of Jesus. Watch out for stones that make you stumble. Watch miracles. Welcome your good friend Jesus. Thank him for coming to see you. Praise Jesus for his many miracles. Ask Jesus to give you the spirit of the Lord who Jesus embodies. Follow the way of Jesus. How? By literally and figuratively giving sight to the blind, enabling the lame to walk, cleansing people from whatever plagues them, enabling the deaf to hear, enabling people to have life and to enjoy life fully, and proclaiming good news to the poor. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast today. If you did, please share it with a friend and find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Threads, as well as on my website, timharner.com. My blogs that I read today may be found on my website, timharner.com, where they set forth the names of related blogs and of citations to sources, including the scriptures. Until we are together again, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord turn his face toward us and give us peace. Peace.